Stretch out the old, uh, the old chest. For a podcast. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works, though. Enjoy that now. No. <laughs> uh. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. And I'm joined once again in the virtual studio following the script by Mr. Jake Wilson of BBC Match of the Day magazine, who is in (laughs) self-isolation. How are you doing? Um, These walls, um, they're closing in a little, um, but we do it. We do it for the good of the the world. So, uh, yeah. Jake Wilson, saving the world one hour at a time for 14 days in his house. Um, nice Ajax shirt, by the way. I know, Thank I know, you. I know nobody can see Thank this, but that's a strong Ajax shirt there. There may be, um, there may be a reason I'm wearing this later in the pod, but we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Oh, interesting. I, <laughs> I mean, I hope people are intrigued because I'm intrigued because I've got no idea where that's going. <laughs> um, we will be rounding up a few of the biggest games on TV this weekend. We've got another, obviously, another 10 games coming up for us all to um, soak up and enjoy while we can't leave our houses. And, uh, and then we'll be chatting about Fantasy Premier League once again. Not a bad week for me, I do believe. Um, and the ship appears to be steadying, by the way. And, uh, and then we'll be chatting about some of our... Maybe this has got something to do with the Ajax shirt. Has this got something to do with the Ajax shirt? We're going to be discussing mm. some of our favourite Premier League players. Um, so not necessarily the greatest ones, not necessarily the, uh, the top dogs. They could be the top dogs. But um, we'll be chatting through some of, our, some of our heroes, some of our, the guys who just make you go, yeah, man, I quite like football now. Um, and if you have any of your own suggestions, please send them in to us. We'd love to hear them, uh, no matter how wrong they are. Um, moving on to the previews, we have Le- Le- Leicester. It's Liverpool versus West Ham. Uh, that's a 5.30 kickoff on Saturday. It's on Sky Sport Premier League main event and now TV. Um, Liverpool going along all right. I mean, in a, in a season where nobody seems to be putting together too much great form, they're, they're sort of plugging away. Um, I want to give a very quick shout out or, or a, an off the bat shout out to your boy Diogo Jota. Uh, two goals, two games. Oh. He's coming into it. Liverpool's 10,000th Premier League goal. Big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, is, it, is it really a big deal? Yeah. Um, it was on Twitter for six <laughs> minutes, so I, I don't know really. Is that the, the, the lifespan of anything though nowadays? Six minutes <laughs> on Twitter, can't... that's all you get. Captivates your attention for six minutes on Twitter, then it's basically it's basically the world's greatest revolution since since Twitter. Um, yeah, he's doing all right there, isn't he? A couple of couple of goals. Um, Liverpool, bit of a change of shape from Liverpool as well last weekend, um, moving from that four three three to a four two three one. Um, Jota slotting in on the right there uh, or on the left, he, he sort of drifts about a little bit. They, they keep switching over. Um, do you think that's here to stay? Do you think that? What do you think about Liverpool in the last few weeks? Um, I think, uh, like you said, no one's put together any real form except for maybe Aston Villa uh, and, and Everton. Um, Liverpool are second uh, at the minute, even though they haven't convinced. Uh, they've three wins on the bounce now, and they're getting over the line in these games um, without really being brilliant. Uh, I think that's a really good sign. I think Klopp's going to be really 
quite pleased because I think they're going to end up better equipped this season than maybe last. Um, like behind the, the amazing front three that they've got, they didn't always seem to have loads of options before. Um, we saw Shakiri midweek and, and uh, obviously Rigi, but now with Minamino and, and, and uh, my old boy Diogo, um, they might have more options going forwards. They might be able to play slightly differently, like you said, with the 4 2 3 1. Um, and I think that might help them break down teams that in the past they've struggled to break down. So um, I think the signs are there that uh, this could be a very good season for Liverpool once again. Mm. Well, it's, it's Liverpool, isn't it? It's, it's the versatility. It's that being able to go from a 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1. And I know it's not an enormous change, but um, just just being flexible enough in those front well, four, if you include Jota, to play let, all of them can play in any position pretty much across throughout that whole sort of starting starting eleven. Um, I don't know, it just gives them a lot of options, doesn't it? And, and like you say there, um, in, in previous years, whatever, they maybe haven't quite had some of the quality on the bench. Um, but the likes of Minamino getting more of a chance. Um, Jota obviously there. Shakiri sort of came on the other night, didn't he? So he, he might not be a totally um, lost cause or, or whatever, you want to, whatever you want to call Shakiri, forgotten man. He, he might still have a role in there. Um, I do wonder, I do wonder about. Alexander Arnold and Robertson, whether if they are changing the shape, whether they're going to, um, whether they could bomb forward quite as much as they do without Van Dyke. It'd be interesting to see how they they go over the season because they maybe a little bit quieter than usual, particularly particularly Trent. Yeah, I think without Van Dyke, um, a lot of uh, adapting has got to happen. They're definitely going to be looking for a, a centre back in in January to cover him. Um, ben White um, linked as as um, Upper Meccano at Leipzig, so hopefully uh, they go and get one of those. If uh, Gomez and Matip and, and players like that can't step in, but um, they're going to have to be more resolute at the back. You think they'd have to have like another number back rather than leaving um, just the centre backs and a, and a holding midfielder to, to cover it. Um, but I think they're still going to put the assists in. They're still going to. Impact the game, those fullbacks. FPL, maybe we come to that later, uh, their impact. But um, I still think they're going to be very impactful going forward. They just they get those bodies forward, don't they, Liverpool? Absolutely. And they're up against, uh, an, a, I mean, just a bizarre, fascinating, quite fascinating team, I think, actually, this year in West Ham. Um, I, it's, it's, they're just a very hard team to read, but it's going well. It's Going pretty well. Obviously, they picked up a draw against Manchester City last week, which that's not what that's not West Ham. That's not what West Ham do. Um, obviously, big results before against Spurs, the three-all draw, um, beat Leicester, hammered Leicester. It just. Ooh, ooh, I thought ooh. you were going to bring up Wolves then, but uh, <laughs> thank you for not. Thank you, sir. You know what? Right? I actually, I actually, I knew they'd beat somebody before Leicester, and I was like, "Who? Who was it?" And I couldn't remember who it was, but it was Wolves. Oh no! It was Wolves. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Stopping, but... <laughs> Are you a Wolves fan? Uh, <laughs> my, my weekly terrible patter. Um, yeah, but they've got they've got a good thing going there. Um, Antonio has a bit of a hamstring issue, which would obviously be a, a massive issue for Liverpool, for for West Ham um, going into this Liverpool game. Um, apparently, it's a bit of a touch and go sort of situation there. Um, but we've got Ben Rama, who's an option potentially on the bench, still is sort of yet to be unleashed. Um, but you get the feeling that they're gonna 
they're going to tighten up. They're going to they're going to go all compact and make it really really hard for Liverpool to to break them down. They've got slightly more uh, equipped players to do that now. I think as well they've got options in the middle. I keep talking about Suchek because I'm in love with the boy. Um, I think he's class going forwards and at the back um, set pieces. He's just dominant as well. So that will hopefully help hold back the the barrage that Liverpool will be driving towards them. Um, but I think we've said this on the pod already. These kind of few games that they've had, like a, a series of free hits for them. You know, you play Spurs, you play City, you play Liverpool. If you got two points out of those, um, you know, David Moyes may well have took those at the beginning of the three. So if they lose, if they lose to Liverpool, it's no skin off their nose. I think what's going to be more important is what happens after this run. Mm. So their next three games after the Liverpool are Fulham at home, Sheffield United away and Villa at home. Um, you can do all the good stuff you want. You can get all the points and scrap and beat the good teams. But if you're going to lose to Fulham, if you're going to draw with Sheffield United, you might as well not bothered. You know, they're, they're on eight points from six games, 12th in the Premier League, um, which is um, the signs are good, but the, they're still 12th and you know, with a reasonable amount of points. They need to get past Liverpool in one shape or another and then capitalise on it afterwards, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, I think it's a really good point. Like it's, it's beating those teams around you, isn't it? It's it's you're actually sort of you know tallying points up for yourself while knocking somebody else down. And uh, I mean, looking at the fixtures at the start of the year, they had such a tough run. I mean, that is about as tough a run as you could get for West Ham. And the fact that they've come out with well, like, like you say, they're quite a consistent flow of points. Is it's quite remarkable, actually. Fair play. I didn't I didn't think I would say this, but fair play, Davy Moyes for. Um, for, for sort of whipping that team into into shape. And and I know he's not the most popular wasn't the most popular appointment and people thought maybe a little bit short term and stuff, but but credit to him, he's actually drilling that team very well. Um and they're a big strong team as well. I was looking at some of the stats. I think that they've on average they're all two inches taller than all of Liverpool's starting eleven, is what I found. There's your stat. Um they on average they are two inches taller than all of Liverpool's starting eleven. So so there you go. So they've got some big boys in there, um, all the way through, like say Suchek and there in the middle as well. Um, and you just, you just, you, you never know. I, I, we're coming to predictions now, and I think I'm going to say something crazy right now. And I think West Ham might get a point here. Wow, three draws on the spin against potentially the top three at the end of the year. I, I know it's. Cr- I'm, I'm, I'm doubting myself here, but I just feel like they've got. They're, they're very well. Uh, maybe a lot depends on Antonio. I think Antonio could be could be the crucial factor. I, I'm not sure if I totally trust their strikers beyond him. Um, if he's fit, I'm going with the one-one draw. Wow. I mean, I think if you put, speechless. You put, I am a little. I think if you put me on the spot this season on this pod, the the amount of times I'm going to bet against Liverpool winning. Um, is going to be very slim. So unless Fabianski does his uh, blinder of the season, he always does. He always has he a blinder. He really does, doesn't he? Um, love that keeper. Um, but yeah, City at Liverpool. Sorry to to see off West Ham with with a little bit of comfort. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see. It's just a, just an uh, just an inkling. An inkling. Uh, that is on Saturday evening. It's a five thirty kickoff on Sky Sports. Um, and on Sunday evening, well, well, afternoon, whatever you want to call it, Sunday uh, 4.30 kickoff, we have Manchester United versus Arsenal. It's on Sky Sports Premier League main event and now TV. Um, I feel like we've talked about these two quite a bit recently. 
Um, so we'll not dwell too long on them, but Man United, we've got some new, fresh, raw data, I guess, to work with on Man United in the shape of their um, quite stunning Champions League win over Leipzig. Were you, were you impressed? Did you watch that one at all? I've only, I only caught the highlights, but um, wow, they seemed so clinical. Mm. It's, it's lovely, isn't it? I mean, it's, it was quite a... It was ruthless from Rashford. I mean, Marcus Rashford hitting all the headlines in front of the page, front of the papers, back of the papers. He's just everywhere at the minute. And um, I mean, he's, he's absolutely flying in that game. He came on, what, 63 minutes? Um, should have had four if he took that penalty. I, I don't think I'd have been giving that penalty away. But This is it. This, this is my favourite thing. Yes, he got a hat-trick. <laughs> yes, they were all lovely goals. But... He got all the headlines for all the reasons, but he didn't take the penalty off the bloke who really needed a goal. Mm. And it's hard not to praise the generosity of that move. It's good, isn't it? Did you see the, the sort of logic behind it with Lukaku? Did you, did you see that? So Lukaku um, had scored two against PSG when, when he was at Man United. And then he got a penalty near the end and gave the ball to Rashford so Rashford could get some of the headlines because he thought, I think that was when Lukaku was a little bit criticised and um, he just sort of wanted Rashford to get some of the, some of the glory as well, so, like take the headlines off Lukaku a little bit. Uh, so Lukaku gave the penalty to Rashford, who scored sort of very uh, selflessly given uh, by Lukaku to him. So he's sort of like paid it forward, really. <laughs> so, so next time Marshall's on two, he's probably going to pass the ball to Fred. So <laughs> That's nice. And well, you know, it paid off for him. He got a hat-trick in a much more glorious fashion. And, so. he's, still, and he's still got a hat-trick. I mean, that's the thing as well. Wow. No, he looked very power, powerful strikes. He didn't just, didn't just place them. I mean, he placed them, but he also hit them. Mm. Um, lovely to see that. Um, it's a, I mean, a bad omen for Arsenal too because uh, yeah. Rashford got two on his Premier League debut against Arsenal a couple mm. of years back. So if I was uh, in net, I was burnt Leno, I'd be a little bit worried come Sunday. Tentative. Um, a couple of the notes on United as well. I think um, Solskjaer, I, I, I keep defending Solskjaer and I keep coming back around to this. This sometimes he frustrates me because I think sometimes I think it was the Spurs game. He just looked a bit dejected and, and sort of despondent, whereas I'd be just getting angry at anything and everything possible. Um, but he's 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 doing the job. He's doing the job well, and that's a week now. He's he's outwitted now, classed Tuchel um, with PSG and Nagelsmann at, at Leipzig, and and these are coaches who. Maybe a lot of English fans haven't seen them too often, but will sort of like jump on the bandwagons a little bit and sort of think, oh, Nagelsmann, he's young and he's doing well with this attractive young team. Um, and then there's suddenly it's all, you know, Nagelsmann's going to go to Arsenal, he's going to go to here, he's going to go there. Solskjaer, Solskjaer like absolutely tore him apart. <laughs> like tactically got it spot on with that midfield. He got his sub spot on, obviously brought Rashford on at the right moment and, and told him what the tempo was apparently the message. And he did that. And, and I just think Solskjaer deserves, maybe he's not Alex Ferguson. He isn't Alex Ferguson, but he's doing well. I just, I, I'm quite passionate about defending Solskjaer here. I'm not going to argue against you. I am going to bring up the fact that Man United are 15th in the Premier League. Um, but <laughs> yeah, in the Champions that. League this season, those two games have been quite good, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, like you say, they're obviously, they need to work on a lot of things. And they need to work on these... They, they, they seem to get up for the big games without sort of taking the, 
the smaller ones quite so seriously. Um, I don't know. I just think if Rashford's creeping into form, that's going to write itself. And and I just see little signs of progress beyond the results with United. So we'll see. But yeah. Uh, and uh, and Fred as well. Little little shout out for Fred, who I thought was excellent last night. He was um, a bit of a destroyer in the middle. Just recycles the ball quite well. Um, good to see him slotting in there. Maybe not the most fashionable. Does the job. Um, any any chat about Arsenal? I, I just I'm just a bit they're just a bit dull, aren't they? Really? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit a bit shame we're talking about such a mid-table clash here. Fifteenth the eleventh. I like, <laughs> can we find anything better to talk about? Um, I think it's it's a it's quite a funny one. Like like Man United, um, Arsenal are, uh, are more settled, but equally as inconsistent. It seems uh, last last four games, Arsenal have won one, lost one, won one, lost one. So if they beat Dundalk tonight. Um, form does tell you that Man United get the three points at the weekend. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stats going around this week about um, Arteta's um, run. I think he's had something like 42 games and they looked at his first 42 games versus Emery's last 42 games and um, Arsenal are one point better off over those 42 games than with Emery. So um, there's obviously progress there, uh, ethos-wise and mentality-wise, but there's still so many problems in that side. Um, the front three, whichever front three they're playing, um, don't seem to have the answers. Bamiang, as we spoke about, I think last week, has gone very quiet. Um, and I think they're missing a creative presence behind them. Um, you know, they've got Party come in now, um, who is very good on the ball. I think they need to give him the ball. But... It's a funny one to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. It just just looked that if they had a 2015-16 Meza Özil, this would be a better Arsenal side. You're not, you're not wrong, are you? Like, uh, like <laughs> it's such a frustrating one. I'd love to see what he could do if they actually did throw him into the side. I think there's so much sort of bluster gone on between like between both sides, between all parties involved in that situation. I don't think there's any one. There's no blame apportioned to one person I don't think in this but it is a shame isn't it because Ozil, Ozil at full tilt is is something special um, obviously we haven't seen that for a while now uh, and I think I think it is over I think it has the chance has gone I mean he's, he's not in the squad or anything but um, it, I, I know what you mean though I, I was going to bring him up and I thought I would leave it just to see if he did and, and there he is like I think I think all Arsenal fans would love to see him have a crack and even just to sort of mix the pot a bit or like another option, I know you forget the wages, forget the fact that he should be, you know, first name on the team sheet, but even just from the bench, a bit of spark, um, you, you would like to see what that would do to their front line. The, the, they, there's a bit of vision missing, I think, there. And five years ago, we know Meza Ozil had that vision. The amount mm. of assists he got has been talked about, you know, from, from here to the moon. But um, he obviously isn't seen as the same player anymore. I think it's his, the, the ship has sailed. I think he will move on shortly. And it's sad that it's happened in this way, but it, but it has for all parties. Um, but regardless, I think Arsenal are going to be looking for a creative player to play with um, Partey. Um, they obviously didn't think of him as a replacement for Xhaka, but Xhaka still isn't... Um, making it obvious what he is doing all the time. Um, a bit like Danny Ceballos. Sometimes I watch Danny Ceballos and I want to like him. 
from, from Betis, you know, he's on loan from Real Madrid. All the signs are there that I should love Danny Ceballos. And I just can't pinpoint what he does. Yeah, he's very good. I feel like they've got a few very good players. I think Ceballos is one of them. Very good footballers, technically excellent. And enough to, again, captivate Twitter for about three minutes. But, but what do they actually achieve? What, what's the sort of the end product of that? I thought this was Guendouzi before when they had Guendouzi and, and, and everybody was raving about this Guendouzi for his ball carrying and all this sort of stuff. I, I didn't see it. I didn't get it. I, I don't know. I, I think there's just, there's just needs to be this end product with Arsenal that I, I think they are a work in progress and they are, um, well, I mean, as that stat suggests, they're maybe not progressing as quickly as we, we want them to or, or would like them to, but I think there are positive signs beyond the points, but but we need to start turning that into points. And um, and I don't think they're going to be getting any this weekend. What's your predictions for Manchester United versus Arsenal? Like I said, two really inconsistent teams. But um, yeah, if you can look at you can look at who's got the the upper hand. I think it's Man United. If if Rashford carries on that sort of form, you know Greenwood only needs a sniff. I think. United will sneak it a two-one. Going with a two-nil. I fancy them. I fancy them this this uh, this weekend. Um, also, just a quick shout out. Uh, we'll not go on the too long, but uh, a quick shout out for Burnley Chelsea, which is on BT Sport box office. It's a three o'clock kickoff uh, on Saturday. Um, Chelsea looking good, aren't they? Chelsea looking good. Um, they got their their four-nil win against Krasnodar with a with a near full stadium or half a stadium. Um, but Zayec is coming to the party. Pulisic is back in the in the goals. Uh, Havertz, a couple of neat, neat touches. Um, they've got a bit about them, haven't they, Chelsea? It's starting to come together. We knew it'd happen. It'd give them some time. It's a FIFA squad. It's what you buy on career <laughs> mode. You know, you get you get 120 million pound pot. You go buy Werner because he's got the pace. You go buy Zayec because he can cross and dribble, and you win the league. Um, and even though it won't quite be that for Chelsea, um, I think if those those players get them all playing together, you know, you've got the likes of Mount and Abraham off the bench, who both were, were brilliant last year. Um, yeah, those signs point to, to scoring some goals, I think. Mm, I like what Lampard was saying, just the balance is slowly coming. They were, they were scoring too many goals and conceding too many. Now they've... I mean, there's three clean sheets in a row, isn't it? In, in all competitions, I think. Is that is that correct? And... Um, they, yeah, they're slowly putting, getting the balance right. Uh, and if you can just sort of start to sprinkle in a couple of goals, which you would assume would naturally come from having players like Zayet and, and Pulisic in there, um, could be a very start of a very nice little run for Chelsea over the winter. I think, I think they're my one to keep an eye on. Um, keep, keep an eye on Chelsea. Keep an eye on Chelsea. Um, yeah, and unfortunately Burnley, um, not in the greatest run of form themselves. Yeah. One point on the board. You don't want to be facing Chelsea when uh, goals look pretty hard to come by at the other end for you. So Burnley, Burnley. I mean, I can't remember the last time Burnley started a season well. I feel like they always do this. They always lose their first six, and then it's just clockwork, isn't it? I, I still, I'm still fully adamant they'll stay up because because they'll just find a way over this over the winter. They'll just find a way to grind out those draws and and things like that. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I like Dwight McNeil still. I, I really want to see him actually in a team that goes for it. No, not, no disrespect to Dyche, because I, I think he's fantastic. I, I love him as a manager. I think he's, he's, he's got Burnley punching above their budget, so to speak, for, for so many years now. 
Um, but there are there are a couple of players a little bit like like that who like McNeil who I think I'd love to see them at a team going for it. Um, I, I don't know. T- I'm not saying Chelsea, but but at a at a bigger team, he's going to give him a chance and actually um, to just open the taps a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good little player. Him, so big, big fan. Um, Chelsea win for that one. I think so. It's hard to see past that. Yeah, tricky. But I think uh, I think Burnley will come good. Burnley will stay up because that's Burnley. But, we're not um, writing anyone off here. Because, yeah, we're not. The, the <laughs> football <laughs> times. We're not writing anyone off. Football Times gives chances to people. Uh, we don't write people off. We we let them we let them sort of soldier on over winter and then stay up. Um, yeah, I'm going with a Chelsea two or three nil win. I think there, um, and that is you can watch that. Uh, it's on Saturday afternoon. It's a three o'clock kickoff on BT Sport box office. Um, moving on to fantasy Premier League. Um, to Kane or not to Kane is the sort of. I feel like that's the split now. There are some people in the world who have Kane <laughs> and everybody else that does not have Kane. And that feels like the most crucial aspect of fantasy this year. Um, I still not got him. <laughs> still not got him. That's a brave call, sir. It's, uh, I mean, my thing is I've had Ings, Jimenez, Calvert-Lewin pretty much every week since the start. And I just hate taking out players who score. Like Jimenez scored the other day. Ings got two assists the other day. And could have and should have scored. Um, Calvert Lewin, that's his first game without a goal. I just can't justify taking players out no matter who is being put in. So I'm finding that tricky at the minute. So I'm just sort of like, every time I watch Kane, I'm just like, hold on. Um, how are you doing in yours? Yep, I've got Kane. Um, even though I took I took him in as out, so I did lose points um, for that one. But um, I think long term, Kane's going to be a good one to have. Um, the, the fixtures do get a bit trickier. They've got Brighton and West Brom next, but then City, Spurs, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool. So mm. it does get a bit trickier for them. So he may drop back out. Um, but I think you've got to have at least one of the pair. But then, yeah. then I mean, typically, I mean, whichever one you pick, the other one's going to score a hat trick, isn't it? So. Yeah. I mean, Son, I picked Son as my captain this week ahead of Salah, and I was just very, very glad to have done that. <laughs> um, oh. Considering uh, 22 points versus what would have been four points. Um, yeah, that's exactly the move I did the other way around, Michael. So thanks for bringing oh, that really? up. Oh, really? Oh, that's, Thank you. That's such a shame. Um, how many points do you have this? Have you got that statistic to hand? This, this week I got 43. Do you want the overall? What's your overall? Oh, dear. You really want to play this game? I do. 3-3-5. 3-3-5. I'm on 3-3-0. Come on! <laughs> oh, that's that's with picking Kepa in goal. <laughs> I remember those days when you were picking Kepa. <laughs> Wish I could pick Mendy. Mendy's brilliant. Mendy is brilliant, isn't he? It's called Mendy. Mm. Uh, actually, on the, on the Chelsea note, um, I've made my transfer for the week already, and um, to try and beat a price rise, price rise, which I did beat. Um, I've taken out Trent from my fantasy football. I feel like. He will do well this season. I don't think he's going to do two and a half million or whatever it is better than a lot of other premium cost defenders. Like he is super premium and I just don't think he's quite in that bracket at the moment. Um, But I've gone for Chilwell. I've gone for, it seems fairly obvious. I think he feels a little bit like he's coming into sort of must-have territory. Um, Chelsea picking up clean sheets, a couple of clean sheets, well, three in a row now in all competitions. 
Um, Chilwell on set pieces, he gets forward. I like the look of him. I like the look of him. Again, mate, we're so in sync now after a few weeks of this FPL therapy. Um, <laughs> that's the exact move I'm looking to do. I think oh. 5.8 as he is today, it's just it's such a good a good trade for, for Arnold. Um, I don't think the points between them is going to be enough for that um, one and a half million um, or so uh, difference. So I think he's a, he's a really good shout. Also want to shout out Kufal, uh, uh, West Ham. I know we spoke about West Ham a lot. I know we spoke about the Slavia Prague boys already. Yeah. But he's only 4.5 um, and he gets forward and West Ham might keep a clean sheet if Fabianski's amazing as he usually is. Um, so I think he's a good shout at 4.5. I'm also going as well. I, I feel, so he's owned by 18% of people. So it's already a decent amount of people. But Danny Ings, I'm mm. still going to bang that drum because if you look at his, his six game weeks so far, he's got 2 points, 11 points, 9 points, 2 points, 7, 10 so he, out of those six game weeks, only two of them he hasn't actually done anything in. The others he's got well, seven, nine, ten, eleven points. He's getting assists. He should have scored the other day as well, which on another day he would have he would have put that away. He gets bonus points when he scores as well. Southampton are a little bit shrewd, so they, they'll they'll win one or two nil sort of thing. Quite um, like he is the difference maker, and he will get the the bonus points. He is a bit more expensive. He is eight and a half million. He's not, you know, the Callum Wilson level of, of money. But um, I just think Ings is, is going to have another... I think I don't think last year was a fluke. Um, and I reckon we could be on for a decent little... And his crossing the other day as well. His crossing was excellent. Um, if, if he adds that to his game, then sorted. One thing I really like about him as well is how many goals he scores against the big boys. Mm. Um, he's got the joint most goals against teams in the big six or the traditional big six since the start of last season joint with very Rashford good. very which, good stuff. Um, I think it's just you know phenomenal really for a team like Southampton um, if you can't afford him though um, let me shout out James Ward-Prowse um, nice segue from your player to mine there um, because his scoring record of late has been outstanding um, since since I think it was the start of restart after lockdown so Ward-Prowse is always good some set pieces as well um, and my last shout out, mate, it, it's a slight pain to be shouting out a West Brom player, but um, but this boy I've liked since League One, and it's Carlon Grant. Um, yeah. came, in, came in at Huddersfield when they went down for the back end of their season, so he's got Premier League experience. Um, he did it for him again last season. Obviously, they weren't particularly great at Huddersfield in the Championship, but he scored goals consistently. He's played two games for West Brom now scored the other day and I think he could turn out to be one of those players that's a 50% goal involvement you know if, if West Brom are going to score I think he's going to be you know on the end of it and at 6 million um, it's a differential that's definitely worth keeping an eye out my friend yeah that's the first time I've listened I've, I've thought about Carlin Grant as fantasy potential but that's uh, you heard it here first ladies and gents when Carlin Grant uh, takes the Premier League by storm remember it was here the football time said it first. Football time said it first. Um, because that's what we do. Hey, <laughs> Mark. Copyright. <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, and, and finally, finally, we're going to move on to our favourite Premier League players. So I, I thought, I mean, I was watching Sun the other day. And do you see the video of it when he was asking Kane whether he got the assist? He oh. looks so genuinely happy, he's doesn't like, he? Is that you? And then he nods and it's like, oh, it's like the most beautiful, beautiful moment. 
Um, I know a few people, he's, he's probably a lot of people's favorite, uh, the neutral's favorite at the moment, son. Um, I'd like to offer up my brother's take, which is uh, he's, he absolutely adores Jamie Vardy. Like, I, I mean, don't we all, don't we all, but he adores Jamie Vardy. Um, just thinks he's relentless, ruthless, quick, just nasty in your face, just everything you want a striker to be. So he is, um, he's a big fan of him. Um, but, but who are you going to go for? Is this the Ajax? Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. Well, see, Come on. when you when you pitch this to me in our uh, podcast prep, um, <laughs> I, I, I've taken it slightly differently. I've gone old school with my two picks. Oh. I've gone ex-Prem players. So the player that made me fall in love with football, Ryan Giggs. The player that made me fall in love with Wolves, Matt Jarvis. Going to shout him out every chance I get. <laughs> Matt Jarvis. Matt Jarvis, hey. yes. Um, but the two the two players that I love from like other clubs that I never really had any uh, affiliation with. The first one is the Ajax shirt. It's my man Dusan Tadic. Oh, that yeah, boy can yeah. play football. Um, I think there was a stat, something like every season before he joined Southampton, he got the most assists for his club out of any player. For Groningen and twenty, um, he was he's just unreal. He once. One one game for Southampton, he got four assists and scored. Do you do you remember who that was? That was? Against, oh, was that against us? <laughs> Flip it. That was in an eight nil thrashing of um, Sunderland AFC. Oh, you know what? Right? Do you know how? <laughs> I didn't know this was. I didn't genuinely didn't know where this where this was going. But um, I found out about that result when I woke up in Texas. Oh, <laughs> I woke up in early morning in in Austin, Texas. I woke up. Um, sleeping on a friend's city, I believe, and uh, I rolled over, looked at the score. It was about six nil, and I just went back to sleep. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, that that Santiago Virgini own goal. Do you remember that? Don't First, take the don't take the shimmer off Tadic here, but that Virgini own goal, the volley, the curled volley in behind the keeper. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely yeah. tremendous. Um, I'd love to tell you more about Tadic in that game, but I, I still, I still genuinely haven't watched the highlights from it. Um, I don't well, watch goals. <laughs> go on, Dusan Tadic, twenty 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 one highlights, skills, tricks on YouTube because it's just for a vision player. Uh, the Matt assists he got were outstanding. Um, and if you let me, mate, I've got one more player to shout out. Oh, I mean, I've got three here, so just just keep going. Okay, okay, I'll do mine, and then you can rattle through. But this guy is a genuine Premier League court hero. I love my players are those kind of left wingers that can go past the player, can trick and work really hard, like Giggs and Jarvis. And the one for me growing up was Morton Gamst Pedersen. Oh, yes, Morton Gamst. Shout out the Pedersen. I like that. What a player he was at Blackburn, the glory days. He oh. just had an absolute rocket left foot, didn't he? He could like, he could like, he sort of like shifted the earth when he, when he kicked the ball sometimes. He was He's still doing it now. He's 39, playing in the third tier in Norway. Mm-hmm. Still wants to play into his 40s, hitting rocket free kicks, volleys left, right and centre. Um, every FIFA, I'd buy him. He was just great. So, you know, I can't help but think, when you say Gams Pedersen, I can't help but think David Bentley, like, <laughs> like as, the, as the right-footed sort of equivalent. Yeah. Like, it just, just sort of like the, the, the whip he gets on that, on that ball around the free kicks and all that sort of stuff. It was, just, it was like, he was the closest thing to Beckham since Beckham, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I love a winger. Traditional wingers, I miss them. I do miss them. Definitely. Um, we, um, 
Yeah, I miss. Uh, it wasn't Premier League era, but we had Nicky Summerby. It's just like absolute wand, wand of a right foot. Um, but moving on to my favourite Premier League uh, as a neutral players. Um, I mean, the answer just has to be Fernando Torres. Oh yes, like Liverpool Torres. I, I just, it just incredible. He just had everything. He had absolutely everything going for him. Um, it, it actually breaks my heart that he went to Chelsea because, because during those couple of seasons at Liverpool, I mean, that's they're two of the best seasons from any player I think we've ever seen in the Premier League. Um, that goal against Blackburn, do you know the one? Oh, talk me through it. It was the one where it sort of goes long ball down the right, and then he kind of like he kind of like half volleys it over from, from right to left. I'm not <laughs> describing that very well. It, it's, mm. it's a famous goal against Blackburn. And uh, me, yeah. sort of controls it and then, yeah, just like hits it across, almost like a, like, almost like a cross, but it was very intentional. Um, One of my dreams is to get a, a Torres Atletico Madrid shirt from when they had um, a sponsorship by... One of the big film companies, I forget who it was, but one of them, one they had like a different film on there every month. And one yeah. of them was like Spider-Man 2 and they had Bad Boys um, and Torres with short blonde hair running yes. through with Bad Boys on the front of his shirt. Bad Boys for luck. That goes around on Twitter quite often. I'd love one of them. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, my, my other two shouts are pretty much the absolute opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, but you couldn't be any further away from each player here. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, Dimitar Berbatov, the oh. absolute, the, the elegant, elegant man that is. That touch, I think it was for Fulham, where the ball sort of goes off the camera at the top of the screen. And he just stands and just magnetises to his foot. Just effortless. He was such a cool customer. And he scored a lot of goals. I think he's oh, one of those no. where... Um, I think he's underrated because of how little running he did, but... He just didn't run. He just didn't move. <laughs> nah, he's he's amazing, didn't he? Like, talk about touch and finesse. Like, he's the ultimate five-a-side player, isn't he? Like, if you played five-a-side with Dimitar Berbatov, he'd score about 90. His shirt would be, like, bone dry by the end of it. He wouldn't even have to wash it after the game. He wouldn't even need a shower. He wouldn't have got anywhere near him. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's class. It just absolutely just brings. I mean, you see how much I'm smiling now. It just makes a smile, and I think players who make you smile, as cheesy as that sounds, just just cling on to them and never let go. Um, and finally, from from beauty to beast, um, I absolutely love Marwan Fellaini. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. There's a shout out. Explain this one, sir. So when Fellaini played for Everton, he was at the Stadium of Light. And there's some performances I'll just always remember at the Stadium of Light. And one of them was Eden Hazard. He turned up, I think Chelsea won 4-3. And he scored a hat-trick. Like, we would have smashed, we would have obliterated Chelsea um, had Hazard not turned up and, and ruined us. Um, I've seen Aguero turn up and, and put a hat-trick in and just get a standing ovation. I've seen Thierry Henry scored a hat-trick and he got subbed off and the whole stadium got on the feet. Full stadium got on the feet to applaud Thierry Henry off because he's he just, he just so good, unplayable. And genuinely one of them was Marwan Fellaini for Everton playing as some sort of like, he was, I think he was just behind the midfield and he just swept everything up. In a, it was a cup quarter final, I think, as well. So it was like everybody was you know desperately hoping to get through for an FA Cup final or whatever. And um, 
he was just he was just magnificent everywhere. And I thought him him with Cahill at Everton was tremendous. Um, even at United, I defended him because he's just all forearms. He's just all forearms. He's just a horrible destroyer of a midfielder. Um, power, height, yeah, clumsy sometimes. But I just, I just, I think that sort of player, I really like. Just a brute, a brute in the middle, and I can tell you're absolutely in total disagreement with this. <laughs> I'm really not, but I think if you're going to talk about Everton hard man, it's really hard to look past Thomas Graveson for that. Yeah, what a story that boy had. Yeah. Uh, I love the story about him. Sorry, Graveson, just not some not taking it away from Fellaini at all. But um, there was a rumor that Graveson signed for Real Madrid. And uh, the manager at the time thought they were buying Lee Carsley. Yeah. <laughs> but they got Graveson <laughs> instead. And I'm, I hope that is utter, utter nonsense. But, you know, that's what we live on now is, is rumours and stories like that. That might be one of the best. That might be one of the best ever transfer, transfer rumours I've ever heard. Real Madrid thought they were buying Lee Carsley. And they got Thomas Graveson. Mm. That's amazing. Didn't he have a, didn't he have a fight with Rubino? Was it Rubino? Yeah, it rings a bell. I think it was somebody in training in Real Madrid. Anyway, what? The, anyway, the, yes, Fellaini. What a player! Look, I, I, I was all about Fellaini. I thought he did a really good job everywhere he was. Um, just not quite the fashion, was he? No, he wasn't the fashion, but I like him. I like him, and um, and he had more hair than Thomas Graveson and Lee Carsley put together. So that's that's the important thing here. <laughs> <laughs> not hard, but yes, correct. <laughs> I bet Real Madrid wouldn't have any any mistakes signing him. Um, but and moving on, finally, thank you very much for your company, Mr. Wilson, on this drizzly, drizzly afternoon. Um, what is coming up in the Match of the Day magazine this week? This one is nice and tidy. I love this one. We've got a beautiful cover on there. It is a Messi and Ronaldo cover. It's a celebration of all things GOAT. All the goals, all the glory. Uh, we, we love it. But then you've also got Liverpool City. We're looking ahead to that in the mag, getting the rundown on the best Prem rivalry at the minute. We teach the kids how to, re- uh, how to score, just like Harry Kane. And uh, you can also win a PS4, maybe. Um, so that's cool. But also, before I leave you on Match of the Day magazine content, if you haven't already, get on the voice quiz, Michael. Get your ah. Alexa out. Get your Google, Google Mini out or whatever you've got and ask for Match of the Day magazine and put your footy knowledge to the test. I might have to. I mean, I'm not an Alexa man, but but maybe maybe this is the time to invest for to see to hear your voice or whoever's voice it is coming coming. There's, uh, there's several school. voices. It is me this week. Um, it's on a yeah, it's, uh, good. We got we got a quiz every Tuesday. Lots of questions on there. Get five out of five for your team. Push uh, Sunderland up the leaderboard, mate. They oh, could do with the assistance. Huge. Thanks. Thanks. Um, your your face is on a sticker this week, did I see? <laughs> I really want to buy that issue. It matched the day magazine's activity special. Still on oh. shelves, probably. You can sneak it in there. Oh, you can get a picture of me as a little tiny football figure with a blue and red kit, not totally dissimilar to a French club. Yes. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Well, thank you very much for your time. As always, it's an absolute pleasure. We'll be back next week to bring you something or other about the Premier League, something or other next week. You know, we'll decide then. Um, Thank you very much for listening. And you can come to radiotimes.com slash sport for all of your latest sporting previews. 
Uh, we have Premier League, we have Champions League, we have Europa League. We've just got a bit of everything going on at the moment because it's a busy, busy time for football. And uh, and I, I feel like I want to leave you. I was just searching that. I want to leave you with a Messi-Ronaldo stat just in honour of the match of the day going for it. Here's my stat and I'll let, I'll let us all go home and you know, enjoy our lives. Um, they have 110 career hat-tricks between them, including 15 games when they scored four and three games when they scored five. So if you tally, tally up the games they scored hat-tricks in, that's, that's 110 games they scored hat-tricks in, 351 goals. 351 goals in 110 games. Messi Ronaldo. Good night. <laughs> See ya. Bye.